Welcome to Unity Orchard Stories. I'm Daniel Macias. This is a three-episode series on a park in Milwaukee, Wisconsin called Unity Orchard. There's so much to talk about with this park on 38th Street. Unity Orchard Stories is about the transformation of a community through acts of caring and beautification. Each episode of this podcast will focus on a specific aspect of the park and 38th Street. Today, we're going to dive into how the University of Milwaukee, Wisconsin played a role in creating this park. We'll talk to UWM professor Arijit Sin and one of his former students, Jared Smith. My name is Arijit Sen. Um, I am an associate professor of architecture and urban studies at UWM. I got many research projects that I do. My interest usually is in the city, understanding what makes a city, the physical, the social, the kind of performative notion that city is a dance. I want to hear voices of people whose voices are not necessarily heard, you know. And so I want to talk about the city from the point of view of people who live in the city, but uh, somehow city historians or the city um, government doesn't really listen to. Unity Orchard isn't in the best of neighborhoods. According to Arigit, it was a nice middle-class community until a lot of employers of residents moved away. After that, things went downhill. This happened over the course of multiple decades. Arigit talked about his experience in 38th Street. What occurred to me when I was on 38th Street was the total number of roadside memorials, which basically, I don't know if you know, there are teddy bears and balloons. So someone has died and it really freaked me out. They were just um, markers of death. They were traffic deaths, most of them. And that's because cars just ran real fast to go from Center Street to North Street in these neighborhoods, even though they were bumps. And there were tons of kids in there. They were all kids who were dead. Who were dead. So it, that's when we began to realize that how we see the world, the aesthetics of the world, the sights, the smells, the feeling of the world produces value. And it's so is deeply embedded in us that when we see a street with all those roadside memorials, we are freaked. We don't want to go there. It's signs of problems. But we completely re- not recognize the humanity that is in the street, the, the kids and the, uh, you know, So that's how we got to Unity Orchard. Unity Orchard is one of the examples of the humanity that we are talking about. So um, Sherry Fuqua, who lives right opposite Unity Orchard, um, went away from the neighborhood and she came back. And when she came back, her neighborhood was completely out of control. There were drug houses, there were crumbling buildings. So she came back and she was determined to take back her street. And she did that in a very simple way. She started planting flowers in front of her house and her neighbor um, started planting flowers and the neighbor next door started planting flowers. And basically what happened is it's indicated to people um, that there are people, eyes in the street, people are watching, they care for their neighbors. And so all the problematic um, issues just went away further off somewhere else. Jared Smith, one of Rita's former students agreed with him. Actually things like that really have worked because all the crack houses on Sherry's block, they've actually left because they look around and they see, oh man, this place is actually getting nice. I don't want to work here anymore. Because people, people that are doing bad are looking for bad neighborhoods. So if they kind of pretend to be a good neighborhood, like fake it till you make it, 
it totally turns things around. And her neighborhood is definitely, I mean, all the neighborhoods all around her are pretty, pretty unsafe still, but hers just has a very different vibe because all the people actually hang out and they know each other and they're willing to be invested in their own community. She has such power over that, over that neighborhood. We were all working and she, we saw some kids come by and she said, Jeremiah, get over here. And they all fall in line and start helping us because they get it, you know? The actual building of the park itself has spanned over a few years. But there were a couple of houses that were raised and torn down uh, in the middle of the block there. I think it was four houses. Then the government said, well, hey, we're not going to use this land. You guys want it as a park, but uh, they don't really maintain it. They don't cut the grass or anything like that. So Sherry Foucault over there um, took charge of the neighborhood and said, yeah, I'll take those. Um, so she plants flowers there. She gets all the mothers together, made weed, and all the kids grow little little flowers there and learn about gardening and all that stuff. And then UWM heard about that, and my professor, Arigitsan, started working with them every year. So in 2018, they built, like, park benches that also work as planters. Um, but they really try not to just uh, throw anything down there. Uh, it's, a, it's actually a research studio, so... We talk to the community, spend some time with them, do a lot of interviews and kind of design with them to teach us architecture house students how to actually design for people rather than just plop whatever we like on there, trying to get the ego a little yeah. bit out of the profession. We don't solve anything because good-natured academics trying to solve the world's problem is oftentimes the real problem. Originally, Jared was supposed to finish his part of Unity Orchard in the fall of 2019. He and his classmates were building a roof for residents to meet under, although the focus of the build was making barrels to collect rainwater. This waters fruit trees that are located in Unity Orchard. Due to tragic events in the neighborhood and weather blockades, they were unable to finish their project. Fast forward to the summer, uh, it's COVID time. Uh, me and my friends are marching for the Black Lives Matter protest, and none of us are employed because no one's hiring right now. So we're all sitting there bored and wanting to help the black community. So we decided uh, we should probably get together and finish off this project that we started because it's not doing anyone any good sitting in the shelves. We had, the, the school had a shed out in like Waukesha that they said we could use. So the wood was just sitting there rotting. And uh, we thought we could actually do something for the community if we, you know, um, what's the word? Fulfill our promise to them. So we got together. Um, a lot of the pieces in storage had been lost damaged, broken, that kind of stuff. So we raised some money, uh, just from Instagram. We just put our Instagram story up there with friends of Venmo, and we got in over $500. People really wanted to support that, which is fantastic. So with that, we could uh, buy, uh, we bought lunch for the people that helped us put the thing up, um, and also some of the kids that just, you know, needed lunch that day. Um, we put up the whole thing up, uh, got together with Sherry, her son helped, and a nice little community there. It was awesome. So now we feel like we've actually done something a little bit more for the black community other than marching. I don't know how to yeah. put that. It's very weird talking about race. Did you know? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it, we really want to do something. Sometimes just the government's not actually helping them. We found that neighborhoods is how the city delegates money to the grassroots. So they'll say, okay, I've got this much money for this neighborhood. I've got this much money for this neighborhood. 
So oftentimes what happens is the space in between neighborhoods, the seams, if you may, they get ignored because the neighborhood people are putting all the money in the center, in the center street, and you know, nothing is happening in the corners. So what happens with 38th Street is that street, one part, the, the, the eastern part of the street is Sherman Park, but if you cross the alley and go across, it's um, Metcalf Park, so it's an, in an edge. And we also realized because it was an edge and nobody really cared, those places became riddled with all kinds of problems. The government hasn't done the best in terms of taking care of communities like this one. Okay, so there are two forms of things that a government can do. They have government uh, city services like cleaning trucks and um, city engineers and all those guys. They're, they enforce laws, right? So first of all, because it's a poor neighborhood, because they pay lesser taxes, somehow the services are not as good as a Shorewood would be or you know some other like downtown would be so garbage doesn't have, often get picked up but then also people also trash the streets you know it's so it's a two 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 uh, way problem um that's one that's the government services the other one the way government helps neighborhoods is they siphon money they take your tax dollars and give it back to your neighborhood to be used those tax dollars don't go to anybody and everybody they go back to certain organizations. Those organizations should either be a city organization or should be a 501c, which is a nonprofit organization, or should be um, a kind of a business organization, as in a bid district, business improvement district, and so on. The problem with that is those are people not on the grassroots. They're in midfield. The people on the grassroots, like Ms. Sherry and, um, and uh, Camille, the, another person we work with, they don't work with this organization. They have no money. They're doing it because they love their neighborhood and they have just have to live in that neighborhood, right? So that's the disjuncture. There is tons of money coming in, but it doesn't reach the people who are actually doing the work. It reaches the people who then siphons the gives the money off to people who does work. And sometimes they don't even know who's doing it and so on and so forth. Or, and they also have their own goals and objectives, which doesn't agree with the neighborhood. So um, that's the problem here. And then what Sherry and Camille is doing is since they don't have money, not that kind of money, they cannot do major capital in intensive uh, projects. They can't repair the streets. They can't create trash collection, collection agencies. They do block watches. But what most they do is through beautification and acts of caring. What caring does is as against, you know, we used to use the word social justice and social justice is equal opportunity to everybody. Justice as in everyone has rights to resources and should have access to resources, every individual. Caring is also justice, except that every individual is tied to another individual, that you're responsible for your brother, that your, your rights are tied to, the uh, tied to many other people. You know, so that's what caring is. It's relational. Sometimes just the government's not actually helping them. And they've got all these programs and things. But if they're not working, like, what Sherry's doing is working. 2019, a young person, a young teenager, brought a gun and uh, threatened some of his friends or some family. 
Um, they didn't call the police because, you know, it really deteriorates immediately because the police then, it just turns into violence and death and so on. What they did is they called the younger guy and the people, aggrieved people, and the entire neighborhood, all the elders, into Unity Orchard and just to have a conversation. So in other words, it was an intervention. What they were doing there is they were saying that we are part of a larger group. We are a family or a community and we care for each other. And so hence resolve this thing. And it got resolved and everything was fine. So that's a very weird example because we're not used to seeing such things. I can just feel that it works because see how much people, people care for their houses, um, all the community and the neighbors talk to each other. In the next episode, I'll talk to people in the community and get more of their stories. Hope you enjoyed listening. 